Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the final episode of the year of the You're Still Here podcast. Today marks, I guess, one year of doing the show because I started the show last year right before New Year started because everybody would say, you know, oh, it's a new year and you're going to start a show. But I'm the kind of guy who I believe that if you're waiting for New Year to partake in your New Year's resolution, you've already failed that resolution, which is why I just started it a week before the end of the year last year. And I believe, did I, what did I name it? Oh, yeah, I, I think I named the first episode of the show, I'll See You Next Year, indicating the people who you see at any point around the holidays who Try to cleverly tell you in their mind, hey, Andy, I guess I'll see you next year as I don't know if, if that's funny or whatever. But I do know this in multiple seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm, this issue has been addressed, which means it must really piss off Larry David. It was addressed like this got brought up in the earlier seasons. I think it got brought up in the most recent season, actually, where he's going door to door campaigning for some politician and he's trying to make the politician seem like a regular guy where does he stand on the issues you can't say happy new year after january 7th there are multiple references to the happy new year i'll see you next year and so it must bother him as much as it bothers me happy new year (sighs) but anyway with that said it is one year of doing the show i initially thought about making like a compilation like a best of where I took moments from several episodes, but then I realized that that actually is going to take more time than just recording a new episode. At first, I was like, you know, maybe can I be lazy and just throw out some compilation? And then I realized what went into that would be way harder than just sitting here and recording an episode. So I decided to record <laughs> record one for you anyway. I was stuck in between thinking about, should I do one more episode or should I just start fresh in the new year? Because a lot of shows are taking off seemingly between Christmas and New Year's. But I also am thinking during the day, I have nothing to listen to. So other people are probably in that same predicament. So theoretically, this would be an actual good time to release an episode. And that just reminded me of another previous episode, Theoretical Good Times, where I talk about how you never want to go out on New Year's. And there you go. That's another (laughs) really drawing back to previous episodes here. When you go to places like, you know, I'm down here in Tampa Bay and they have this festival called Gasparilla where everyone acts like pirates and parties on the water. And I will not be here for Gasparilla because... Everyone else will be here for Gasparilla, which means there's going to be extra lines. You have to pay more to get into places you normally wouldn't have to pay into. And everyone's trying to shove their way into places and it's crammed. Ubers are 5X. Hotels are more expensive than they should be. And those are the times you need to avoid. Just like on New Year's, when you're going to go out in a couple days from right now, and the place that's normally open till 4 a.m. is magically only going to be open till 1.30 a.m., or I guess if you're in a place that closes around 2 a.m., like Boston, maybe they're going to kick everyone out at um, right after midnight, 12.30. Everyone get out of here. You're going to need tickets to get into one of those places. $50 tickets going to tell you top shelf all you can drink until you order two shots, and then they go, well, shots aren't a part of the package. And by top shelf, we mean well liquors. We just rearrange the well liquors and put them on the top shelf tonight. Or they just put it in quotes. How's that that for another throwback to previous episodes? 
top shelf liquor, but they put it in quotes, which means it could mean anything. And they just take the bottom shelf liquor, put it on the top shelf. But as long as they advertise it in quotes, they're good. Just like the best pizza in New York from a random 800 square foot pizzeria in Levittown, New York. They put in quotes, best pizza in New York. Who said that? The person who opened it's dead great grandfather. <laughs> well, you know what I realized? <clears throat> I realized that for the last couple of months while I've been doing the live streams, because I'm trying to situate the Instagram and YouTube, and TikTok, that I haven't had any sponsors, fake sponsors, that is. So I guess let's bring back the sponsors. We're going to start We're going to start nice and uh, easy, simple. So today, the You're Still Here podcast is brought to you by Rice Krispies Treats Cereal. Yes, Rice Krispies Treats Cereal. A cereal that you don't often see in stores, but still 100% exists. And I know this because I have a friend in California who orders mass shipments of Rice Krispies Treats cereal to his apartment and then eats them throughout the course of the year. Yeah, Rice Krispies Treats, if you know the dessert, they made a cereal called Rice Krispies Treats cereal. You saw it in the supermarkets, but then as cereals tried to claim they're more healthy, people would say, oh, well, you know, come on, we can't be getting Rice Krispies Treats cereal for our children. Instead, let's do something healthy like standard Frosted Flakes. So you wouldn't see these on the shelves in this new quote-unquote health-conscious movement that we have going around our country. However, they still actually make them. They did not discontinue the Rice Krispie Treat cereal. I guess they're just sitting in factories, and my friend is ordering mass shipments of Rice Krispie Treat cereal to his apartment in West Hollywood, California. And I don't know. I guess he's keeping the business afloat because they are still making them. At least I think they are, unless he just stocked up so much years ago that he's just living off that. But I highly doubt that. Um, I also noticed when I edited the last episode or just when before I released the audio version, I don't think I had a scam of the week. And if you are a huge fan of the scam of the week, don't you worry, because between the last episode and right now, I've thought about multiple scams. So do you want to just, you want to start firing some off? Let's do it. Let's make up for lost scams, like make up for lost time. You know, you have a long distance relationship. You haven't spent time with somebody. So then you spend the two weeks together every waking minute for someone. That's what we're going to do right now with the scams of the week. We're going to make up for lost scam time. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? So the first scam of the week is the sorority photographer, the sorority photographer. And if you're a little confused as to what that is, that makes sense because I kind of was as well. As I was down here in Florida for the holidays, I was walking around uh, the campus, which is right on the river here. I referenced this last year, This uh, the campus in Tampa Bay, and there were Multiple people, because I guess COVID disrupted the standard graduation cycle. There were a ton of people who graduated after this first semester of, of college. It makes sense. Everything got delayed kind of a semester with the uh, initial COVID. So there was a big wave of people graduating. And because the campus is so picturesque, there were a ton of people taking pictures around the campus. And as I'm drifting by, uh, somebody I know says to me, like, oh, yeah, my friend actually... 
he's a photographer for some of the sororities here, and he takes all these pictures for them. I said, what? I go, this guy is just waltzing out here with a camera, claiming he's a photographer and only linking up with the sororities. And one of you said he didn't take pictures of the fraternities at any point. But he's taking all the sorority pictures at parties and then their graduation photos and all this stuff. The only scam that rivals this in terms of attractive girls talk to without having to do anything for it is the wheelchair dog guy, referencing another previous episode. The guy who, I believe, rented out a dog who didn't have the use of his rear legs and required the use of a wheelchair and would only come out in the warm months, never saw him during the winter around Chelsea in New York City, around Chelsea Market, that highly concentrated area of hot girls before New York turned to shit and none of them existed anymore. But before then, that's where all the hot girls congregated, right in that meat pal, all the tourists, all those Europeans, they'd be right around Gansevoort Market and in Chelsea Market, right around there by Tao and Lavo and all those places. And this guy would only show up during warm weather months with his wheelchair dog. And then every Instagram model type girl in the area wanted a picture with it. And the guy would try to parlay that conversation about the wheelchair dog into hanging out with one of those girls. That is the only thing or the only scam I have that even remotely compares to this sorority photographer who just gets to take pictures of all these girls and constantly communicate with them. And, oh, yeah, I know I got a deal for you. No, we're going to take 20% off. We'll work out the money later. Just why, why don't you come here? We'll talk about the pictures. The sorority photographer. The scam beyond scams to talk to girls. And I guess you can hear a little slight disdain in my voice because I'm pissed off a younger me couldn't have thought of that. You know, but then again, when I graduated, the pictures were still, you know, your mom showed up with a, her phone and maybe took a picture or a camera or something like that. It wasn't as, you know, the whole boom of everyone looking like a quasi model didn't really take off yet. So I don't know if the sorority photographer would have worked back then. And also, I don't think that four girls in Boston looks like any of these ones I'm seeing at these uh, Tampa Bay sororities down here. Sorry, Boston, I know I have to insult you every, I'd say, six weeks, but don't forget, you kind of made life not so simple for me my first two years there. Yeah, the last two were fine, but the first two, you had to dig me here, dig me there, and the only way I get back at that is a quick flare chest chop every, you know, six or seven weeks. Just a quick little reference to the pale, relatively overweight, freckled, North Face-wearing masses that reside in the New England area. Oh yes, it feels good knowing that I can say something like that. And none of you are here with that disgusting Boston accent to start cursing me out. Although it was so burned into my head that I can actually still hear it. You know, one time, and I'm not going to try to make myself some innocent victim. I was a New York piece of shit. You know, a college me was a New York piece of shit. Hell, I still am a New York piece of shit. It's just watered down. But the iced tea used to be very concentrated, very concentrated New York iced tea back then. And I went up there and I went to a Bruins game in an Islander jersey. And I don't wear jerseys anymore. But back then, like I said, piece of shit, concentrated iced tea. And before then... I was in Faneuil Hall 
and that's where the decoy cheers is, not the actual cheers that you saw that they used on the show, but the cheers that they built to represent the actual cheers, because the real cheers was just some weird place or something that was nothing like it. But I went to the cheers in Faneuil Hall, and I went to get a drink at the bar, and I'll never forget, the bartender looked at me in my Islander jersey and Yankee hat. He goes, what's the matter, son? You get dressed in the closet this morning? That's what the guy told me. He asked me if I got dressed in the closet this morning. It was a reference I'd actually never heard, but it wasn't that bad. And, you know, this was the this was the type of uh, digs that I had to take. And now they're going to take them back from me, even though that guy is never going to hear this. And he may even be dead at this point. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Cheers, where nobody knew my name because everybody hated my name. Also, when I was in college... Two of my roommates and myself, we watched a ton of hockey. We were huge hockey fans. We played it at the time. And uh, <laughs> I believe it was Sunday nights. Sunday nights we watched this show and we tried to call into the show. And I can't believe I haven't mentioned this because it's been so long that I forgot that people probably don't even know that it exists. And something tells me that it wasn't even a U.S. show. Something tells me that it was actually in Canada, but also simulcast or the show was broadcast on an American affiliate at the same time. And I can't even remember what channel it was. I feel like it was like a half scam channel, like some some TMC. I don't even what the hell is TMC. Well, it was one of those channels, you know, that was relatively obscure, but not totally obscure. And the name of this show that I really want you to go onto YouTube and <laughs> listen to, it's called Talk Sex with Sue Johansson or Johansson. Like I said, we were big hockey fans. We went with the Johansson. We know how the Swedes like their names pronounced, but most people would just say Talk Sex with Sue Johansson. And this woman... When I say, oh, it's an older woman, no, this is a straight-up grandmother. This woman looks more like a grandmother than Larry David looks like a grandfather. The full wrinkled face, the short grandma hair, wears like pearls and a, a turtleneck. And this woman gives sex advice, and everything she says comes with an inherent level of shock value because you end up saying to yourself, Oh my God, well, what is this old woman saying? Rather than me explain it, you already know, a 90-year-old woman, I'm just saying she's 90 because it's a nice even number and she looks the part. You wouldn't fight with me after you see what she looks like. Look up Talk Sex with Sue Johansson slash Johansson on YouTube. People have obviously made compilations and if you're a youngster out there, you're really in for a treat because this shit was so funny that we used to watch it on Sunday nights. You know, whatever we were watching on Sunday nights, once it was over, it was talk sex with Sue Johansson, whether it was 10 or 11. And they fielded calls from users, and I almost got through once. I forgot what I had planned to say at the time, but you could imagine it was going to be something relatively ludicrous. Because often, people called those shows and asked some weird, interesting questions. Maybe now they won't even seem like they're weird questions because like I've told you, 12-year-olds are, you know, they have eight gigs of hentai porn in their camera roll, but all you got to do is take your white ass across eight mile and YouTube talk sex with Sue Johansson compilation on YouTube and you're in for a Sunday treat. Vaginal farts are wonderful things. So how was your, uh, how's your guys' holidays? 
hopefully it was, you know, bearable, doable. I don't know. People have different takes on the holidays. I believe that everyone, everyone's a huge phone watcher. Everyone's scrolling on social media. I truly feel that the holidays are huge scrolling days where it's just a constant evaluation of what other people are doing for the holidays. Because let's be honest, what are you doing? You're in your living room on a couch. If you're a sports fan like me, you're probably watching one of the games. Thank God the best part about Christmas, Christmas Eve uh, was that the NFL had games on. So once that was on, it was great. But most people are scrolling. They're scrolling on social media. And like I had mentioned briefly, I've mentioned this over the years. I don't believe I mentioned it on the podcast. You could even lump this in with one of the many scams of the week. But this was all a scam, huh? Using the holidays as an excuse to text an ex or some girl that you're interested in, but you don't have the courage to do it. Like, it would be embarrassing if you texted your ex on April 9th. Someone would be like, what are you texting your ex for? But now, in the event that you get called out on reaching out to your ex, you get to use the holidays as an excuse. What do you mean? I text my stepmom. I text my old uh, teacher from high school. I text her because I used to. Yeah, it's just this. But you get lost in a wave of I text everybody. But we know why you texted that person. I guarantee you on your holiday text binge, I want to see who's at the top of that. And it's your ex first and your family next. Yep. I know a lot of you are doing it. And interestingly enough, I've been with people when I've seen it done to them. And they go, do you know who just texted me? And I say, yeah, probably someone from your past who needed an excuse. (laughs) Yeah. I have another additional scam when it comes to... This one is a clever scam. This is not a scam calling out. This is a scam that I've never actually utilized, but I've tested it out. And if you need to utilize it for yourself, please feel free. This is the blocked number, I guess, bypass scam. It's the blocked number bypass scam, where if you're blocked for whatever reason it is, somebody's blocked you, whether it's justfully or unjustfully, I have a way to bypass the block and not by using another number, not by anything like that, because obviously anybody can do that. But I know how to call somebody from the number and literally that number will appear despite it being blocked on a phone. So now just put yourself in that scenario. So you and your ex split up. You want to reach out to them over something. They blocked you. So now you don't have a way to do that unless you want to go via, you know, alternate platforms or another number or something like that. If you do this, you will still be able to call that person from your number despite it being blocked and it will show up on their ID, which is well worth the mind fuck it will create, if nothing else. Like even if you have nothing to say, the fact that you're blocked and they added you to the block list, they could even call AT&T, Verizon, make sure you're triple blocked. Like, Yeah, it's just as effective as triple vaccinations. Triple block and you're still getting through. <laughs> oh, relax. Take it easy. Um, so here's what you do. There is a, I guess for lack of a better term, there's a company called Spoof Card. And I've utilized this for over 10 years now. And it allows you to call any single number 
from any number that you choose. You just have to input it. So it's essentially an app that you can download on your phone. It got banned from the app store, which is how you know it's a good one. And you get the app specifically from the website and then it like bookmarks to your phone. That's how you get it like that. It's just called spoof card. If you Google it, it will show it to you right there. And it allows you to input the number that you want to show up on somebody's phone. But it uses like a, a third party access number to call that person. And then it just comes disguised as your number. So when it comes to that person's phone trying to recognize it and block it, it's not your number that's calling. However, it is your number that's being displayed. So it bypasses the block and shows that you're calling despite you being blocked. And that is one hell of a scam to bypass a block or also just to mess around with people. I remember one time one of those numbers called me, one of those marketing numbers, and I called them from their own number. And you want to talk about a mind fuck. I called one of these call centers in Uganda who was trying to get money out of me. I called the Uganda call center number from his own number. And if you heard the awkwardness in which that person answered that call, it sounded like when Liam Neeson was holding that phone against his ear and taken, and the Albanian guy, uh, uh, Marco from Trapoya, was on the other side, and nobody said anything. They just heard each other breathing. That's what it was like when I called that guy in Uganda from his own number. So yeah, let's just call that one the spoof card scam. Yep. And I will tell you this. Oh, man. There was a brief period where the same company, Spoof Card, and I can go get the old emails. They introduced spoof text where you had the ability, and I really want you to understand this, you had the ability to send a text from somebody else's number. Do you understand how crazy that is? And this was a short window that this was available because people immediately saw how much harm it caused, so it got made illegal. So they stopped it. They, they kept the spoof card with calling, but the spoof text got eliminated immediately within, I'd say, two months. However, there was a short period, and I could find the exact time in my phone because you can bet your ass I downloaded it at the time, where you were allowed to send a text to somebody else's phone from a number that wasn't yours. So, like, if you knew, going back to the, if you knew one of your friends is obsessed with somebody, literally, they think about this person every day, you can send a message to that guy from the girl's number saying, like, you know what? I've been thinking about you this whole time, too. And then when the kid responds, it doesn't go to you. It goes to the original person. Do you know how wild that is? I wish we knew how quickly it was going to be taken down because we really only got one fantastic prank in. <laughs> we had a friend who he kind of had a chance with this girl. It was always debated how much she was into him. And we sent him a message from this girl's number. We texted him, hey, I'm not going to have my phone, but just come by later after whatever it was was on TV that night. I left the side door unlocked. I'll be in the basement. <laughs> we sent that to him. Now, obviously, we worded it 
perfectly at the time. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, hey, I want you to come over tonight. I think she like had a basement apartment within the house or something like that. Like, hey, I want you to come over tonight. I left the side door open. So just come by after 10 or something like that. And uh, but I like I'm not going to have my phone on me. And we came up with a an actual proper reason why or something happened to the phone. And, and I don't know whatever happened. But knowing the kid we did it to, he showed up to that basement. And knowing my luck, the fact that I tried to set him up to fail, he probably actually ended up doing something. <laughs> yeah, the spoof card scam, that's one that's pretty wild and still available in terms of phone calls, just not text messages. So check that out when your week's not going well one day. You know, I saw that uh, the new season of Cobra Kai is coming out next week. Or something, I think it may even be January 1st. It just made me think, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be January 1st, and then everybody's going to watch every single episode and then have nothing to watch when it comes to Cobra Kai for another two years. And I think you just saw the same thing with Witcher. The other night on Twitter, I saw people complaining, like, oh my, what a great season, and now uh, just another three years until we get another one. This binge watching is shit. And I know you're already croaking, going, oh my God, what do you mean? I love binge watching. Binge watching is shit because you cram everything in in one day and now you maximize the amount of time in between seasons. Let's say that was a, what is there, 10 episodes of Cobra Kai? Then it would have went two and a half months. So let's say it's a year and a half. Well, then you shave a few months in between seasons. This way, you shove it all in. I mean, it, how American is this? You shove it all in right away, and then you get nothing for a long time, and then you shove it all in right again. This is not the proper way to consume your favorite television shows. I remember when watching Game of Thrones, you want to know what was equally as uh, as good as the show? The week in between where you and the other people you know who enjoy the show are kind of figuring out, trying to guess what's going to happen next. That was literally as enjoyable as actually watching the show. Because then you also, oh, I was right, he was right, you were right. It's almost like there was two levels of enjoyment. Now you're a slob shoving everything in right away and then that's it. There's no review period. There's no anything like that. Plus, you know you're missing details along the way. You know there's a certain level of concentration that it takes to watch something, which is why anybody who tells me they wa- they binge watch Game of Thrones, they don't know anything. They don't know anything because there's so many subtle details in there. There's no way your brain can absorb that much information and all the details and names. So if you've watched Game of Thrones in a binge fashion, you have actually watched nothing. You know, you know a grand total of nothing. And the point I'm trying to make in all this is we need to find a way to re-implement the weekly status of watching something. Not because I'm a cruddy old man, but because it's more enjoyable. I think I heard Bill Burr use this reference a few years back. Binge watching is like when you do it with a good show. You know, crummy show. Okay, you want to you binge watch The Flash on CW? Go ahead. But when you have a quality show and you shove all those episodes down in one day, that's the equivalent of getting a steakhouse dinner every meal over the course of one day. This is a quality meal. You absorb it, you enjoy it, and then your next quality meal, like a steakhouse, should be maybe next week. You can't be having six steakhouse dinners in one day. And that's essentially what you're doing when you're binge-watching one of these quality shows. 
or one of the popular ones. I know Stranger Things is another one. They just dump all the episodes on you. Everyone shoves them in. And then three years go by and you almost have to remember what even happened. It's like you're trying to have three years of sex in one day. You wonder why her vagina gets sore, raw, red, irritated? And that's what you should be binge watching because you got to catch up and learn about why you shouldn't be ashamed of dildos. Her voice actually sounds like that. It's like that old up and down, like, hello, everyone. I'm Sue Johansson, and you should have dildos next to your bed. There's a head in there, and it triggers ejaculation. You know, by the way, just a quick, quick bit of advice to ladies out there, and you're going to get disgusted as always, but if you're a uh, toy user, my personal suggestion is that you don't tell the guy you're seeing that you use them, unless, unless it's an old school, like 1997 plastic hard dildo. And the reason, wow, this is taking a weird turn for New Year's Eve, but you know, if Someone were to show me that they got one of these things that you just see right on Instagram now. You're allowed to promote them right on the front page of whatever the hell this new shopping thing is that they're trying to integrate. They'll put it right on the front page, one of these wiggly waggly dildos. And if I know somebody has that, then immediately in my head, it's like, well, I'm not getting them off. And I don't want to steal some of Andrew Schultz's bit. I know he has a, a comedy routine based around the fact that these are like performance-enhancing drugs for that. You know, and then we come in there, and we're not doing those rotation cactus movements. He said something like that. So if, if you got something like that, if you got one of these new school ones, you, you, you just got to keep it tucked. You can have it fine, but the guy's going to think, yeah, she's not getting off with my fucking old-school 9-to-5 flapjacking. And yeah, that's a made-up term, but you get what I'm saying out of context. So, yeah, if you've got a wiggly, waggly, thorns here, cactus thing, just tuck it off to the side. And what they've done is put a tiny camera into the end of the dildo. Yes, you heard right. A camera that hooks up to your TV. I actually do remember that was one of Sue Johansson's biggest talking points. You gotta have to communicate with the person you want. You you whatever it is you like, you have to communicate that with your partner. Every single time I've ever asked a girl in a su- intimate situation, like you know, what do you want? And she would always, always, always go, "No, that's good, that's good." Anything I'd be doing, "Oh no, that's good." Every single time, "No, no, that's good, it's good." Trust me, I know me. It's not good. <laughs> A couple times over the past year, I know I've mentioned in some sort of capacity cuffing season. I said COVID killed cuffing season because all of a sudden you didn't really hear about it. And then a couple weeks back, actually, around Thanksgiving Eve, I mentioned that that's the last weekend of cuffing season. But I actually have to go back to that original point of me saying COVID killed cuffing season. You never really heard about it. And then my friend brought to my attention earlier today, that's because COVID was cuffing season. You know what I'm saying? People took the lockdown as a prolonged cuff, and we're going on years now. That's more than a season. There's going to be some hard breakups 
over the next year or so. Because I know there's a spike in cases right now, but you know many people you're starting to feel it have checked out of, of the whole, like, oh, lockdowns, this, that, the other. That's essentially over. So really what I'm understanding is that the longest cuffing season, like the long night to go back to Game of Thrones, you know, the long winter, the long summer, the long, it's the long cuffing season we're in. One that they'll be talking about for years. You know, the grandma's going to be talking to Bran about this. The prolonged cuffing season. It lasted four winters. (laughs) But yeah, there's a prolonged cuffing season going on that I think we're about to exit out of. And man, there's going to be some hard breakups. You thought the original cuffing season breakups were tough on the party who was more into it than the other? How about now? How about now? People who've been sticking around for three years. That couple in Wisconsin, that random kid keeping this girl around for three years or vice versa. Then the breakup happens. I mean, that's a level of investment that they're going to be, they're going to be destroyed. So much to the point... They're going to be like a psycho about it. The other person's going to have to block them. And then they're going to have to use the spoof card scam to get through to them and let them know how they're feeling. <laughs> but then who cares? what's going to happen when people are re-single again? Nobody hangs out with each other. Nobody hangs out. Like I have, Do you know in the last five years, I think over 63 people have canceled on me. I was telling somebody recently that somebody telling you Like, oh, yeah, I want to go out with you. Like, if you say, hey, you want to go out sometime and they say yes, that is the new date. That is the actual date because the date definitely isn't happening. 100% of dates now just aren't happening. Nobody's going out with anybody. It's all over. However, when you reach out to someone, they're like, yeah, you know, I would like to go out with you. That sounds nice. That is the date. So that brief period of excitement where somebody tells you that they want to go out with you, enjoy that like that was the night out. That was the good date. How you used to feel after having a good date, them actually saying yes is the new date. So enjoy that while it lasts because you're eventually going to get that same day cancellation and it's just not going to happen. Like No dates have happened since 2019. And yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, the times be a changing. So you're not going to enjoy an original date anymore. You're not going to enjoy going out. You're not going anywhere. So just enjoy the text when they say, yes, I would like to go out on Wednesday. They're not going out on Wednesday. So you got to treat the Monday when they say yes, like Wednesday. All right. I'm just trying to give you tips here, folks. If you want to be stubborn about it and say, no, 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 and slam your fist and say, no, she's going to go out with me on Wednesday. Well, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens on Wednesday. Okay, your head is going to be buried in your hands and you're going to be upset and you're just going to be thinking, I could have been happy when I got the text saying yes. But instead, you delayed the feeling of happiness thinking, let's see how it goes before I get happy. No, the fact is you're never going. You should have been celebrating Monday to Wednesday. (laughs) Uh, That's fucking funny. So what else we got going into the new year? I guess let me take a little time and reflect that's what we do at the end of the year. We make our New Year's resolution. Mine's been to read more since 2008, and I haven't done it once. Oh, well. You know what? I'll add it on again this year. I don't mind refailing things. Some people do. I don't. I will say thank you to those of you who have listened to the podcast over the past year and made it a part of your weekly routine. Lord knows podcast competition is quite stiff. However... I'm happy to know that enough people enjoy it where 
I've received a few messages saying that some of you are looking forward to what comes in the next year and onward and whatnot. And I agree with that sentiment. I also look forward to it. Thank you for, you know, tuning in and sharing things. And for those of you who have contributed to the cause on Patreon, a triple thank you. And for those of you who don't even know what that is, at any point you can contribute to the productions here by going to patreon.com slash Andy Francis and, you know, just chuck money towards the podcast. That will be greatly appreciated. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope you have something planned. The best thing you can do on New Year is have a house party where you know most of the people, but there's friends of friends coming to generate that level of excitement of unknown. That's the best New Year's you could have. Don't go to a place. They're jacking up prices. They're kicking you out at 12.15. Have somebody have a party where you know most of the people, but a couple extra groups are coming. So in your delusional mind, you can convince yourself that, oh, I bet you this is going to happen. It's going to be a great night for me. I mean, it's not going to be a great night for you, but at least you're not throwing money into it. And whatever, that's the best potential chance for a good time. Other than that, I will see you next week for an actual good time. The first of 2022. Go ahead, be that person who convinces yourself it's going to be your year. Who knows? It might be. I had a good friend who won a million dollars last year in 2020. Okay? 2020, the worst year for everyone, including myself, was the best year of this man's life. And I'm kind of jealous, not because of the money, because that seems like something that would happen to me. Your misery equals my glory. My goal for 2022, my New Year's resolution, along with reading a book, which I haven't done in a long time. (laughs) All right, guys, take it easy. Happy New Year. Thank you for everything. Thank you for sticking with me this last year. And I look forward to everything in the years to come. Take it easy.